Hey, welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. This is Peter Day. Welcome to our channel, Optimize to Convert. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some different tips that have helped um, me and our company a lot lately. Before I start into this episode, make sure to subscribe. There's a lot of people that have been listening every week. Take the time to hit the subscribe and like button when you subscribe. Every single time we put out a video, whether it's a podcast or just anything on the Optimize channel, you get notified about it right away. It pops up in your notifications, pops up in your news feed right there, and you get to see the new episodes right away. So jumping into it, a few tips I want to talk about is this concept of being around people that are a higher earner. It's been something that's been just really on my mind lately in particularly because I think it's something that I need more of. Um, It kind of convicted me lately when I was listening to a motivational thing on YouTube and the speaker said, you got to get around people that are earning more than yourself. And I feel like when my brother and I started this business, that was very easy to do because we weren't earning anything at all. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's not that difficult to get around people that are earning more than yourself if you're just starting out. Basically, you go to a trade show and practically anybody who's making money is more successful than you are. But it's actually been kind of a challenge lately for my brother and I because we've been doing some pretty hefty numbers and it's actually been difficult to surround ourselves in a continuous way with a lot of people that have been earning more than us. It's not like it doesn't exist, but it just hasn't hasn't been the most common um, thing. I felt like it was actually a little bit discouraging when I went to Affiliate Summit. I haven't been to Affiliate Summit conference in a long time, but we went recently and I feel like it was almost a little bit discouraging because I was like, man, like everyone that's coming up to us and everyone we're talking with, it's like a lot of these people are actually earning less than we're earning. And I don't say that in a cocky way. It's just I like to be challenged and I like to be around people that are earning more because I think there is that kind of principle where if you're surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded and people that are earning more than you, what's going to happen is that is going to trickle off and it's going to rub off on you. I remember when I first started doing the business, I mean, I got around affiliates that were making you know, $10,000 per day or $20,000 per day. And I was very inspired by these affiliates and just being around them, I feel like brought me and my brother up to a higher level, but it's been more challenging lately because lately we've been producing numbers like $200,000 per day or $250,000 per day. And it hasn't actually been that easy to surround ourselves with affiliates or other people that have been producing that much revenue on a daily basis. Now, I think what we need to do is we need to think outside of the box and challenge ourselves. So one thing that I'm focusing on is I'm focusing on how can we get around people that are earning more than us. I want to get around personally people that are doing at least over $100 million a year um, businesses. And I think that this has been more of a challenge lately because when you go to a trade show or you go to an affiliate kind of conference, you don't always just bump into somebody that has a $100 million business or a $300 million business. And if you do, the you're not always just like bumping into the CEO of that business or the founder of that business or someone who's actually been there and built it from the beginning. I mean, sometimes when you bump into someone 
in that kind of business is just an employee or some kind of rep. So what I'm challenging myself to do and also my brother to do is to get around people that are higher earners and to really think outside the box. I really have strongly been thinking this in the last two weeks that for me and my brother to take things to the next level, we need to get around entrepreneurs that are doing things at a much higher level. I want to be challenged. I want to get around people that are doing $500 million a year businesses. I was actually very inspired last week for the first time in in a while in this kind of arena. And I'm actually, you know what, I'm very motivated by this because I was on a phone call with some guys up in Canada, okay? And I was trying to explore some different solutions and trying to work out some different deals on Facebook, um, some Facebook stuff. We're trying to expand some different Facebook accounts, uh, things, some different Facebook infrastructure things. And I was talking to some folks up in Canada and... I was actually really inspired because I was on the call with them and they told me that they were producing $30 million in a certain vertical. And at first I kind of rubbed it off like, okay, $30 million. But then I was blown away because they said they're doing $30 million a month in a certain vertical. I'm like, a month? I'm like, oh my goodness. And what has blown me away here is that it's only one or two verticals. I'm like, wow, wow. I haven't this is I haven't heard this kind of thing in a long time. Running into some affiliates doing thirty million dollars a month and just across only a couple verticals. So I'm very inspired by this and I think I'm gonna take action on this. I'm gonna try to befriend these guys. I'm gonna try to get to know them more, figure out what they're doing in their business and just get around these type of people. Because the way I look at it is, listen, if I can get around people that are that are doing, let's say, $30 million a month, even if I were to fall short and only do $20 million a month or something, it's still really lofty. And just the inspiration of being around people that are doing those kind of um, numbers and and things like that. So I think it's really important to surround yourself with these kind of influential people and you're going to have to really humble yourself and go out of your way to get to know these kind of people too. I mean, think about it. I it's I might have to go out on a limb and, you know, get start building a relationship with these Canada people. Maybe I need to call them on the phone. Maybe I need to take a trip up to Canada and get to know them. It's like it it might not be the easiest thing to surround yourself especially if people are earning um, more than you, you got to think, how can you be a value to that person so that they're actually going to want to spend time with you? What I can tell you in my experience is that if you're very studious and you are very interested in what they're doing, chances are they will enjoy giving you advice and they'll like doing that. I mean, you can just see that a lot of times in the real world, let's say you're watching Shark Tank, you can tell that these entrepreneurs, they like helping up and coming people. So in my experience, that's been very beneficial. There was one time about uh, two years ago, I was trying to get some insight from one of our clients. I mean, I have a client that has a business that's worth about um, probably $200 million or something, a $200 million a year business. 
and I have developed a relationship with the CEO of that business and I was just calling him on the phone and I just asked him I just said can you give me some advice how did you take your business from basically zero to the first million dollars to the first 10 million to eventually 200 million dollars here and he gave me a lot of tips actually we ended up talking on the phone for 40 45 minutes and I was shocked at how willing he was to just share ideas and share insights and he gave me a valuable um, tip he said that one of his most strategic hires was this project manager that he got and he was giving me some different hiring tips and structuring tips and he was giving me some inner workings of his business too how he sold a portion of his business to a private investor to raise cash and to have some kind of liquidity event I mean it was very very interesting and this stuff is very eye-opening I mean if you don't have these conversations how are you supposed to learn this type of information so what I recommend doing is I recommend getting around people that are earning higher than you but then try not to just be a leech on these people's time and try not to be annoying to these people I mean I have to admit that sometimes um, affiliates have been trying to hit up my brother and I to try to do this very same thing you know try to get around people that are earning more than themselves they're viewing Tyler and I as people that are earning more than them but sometimes it's just been annoying because instead of them being kind of genuine and kind of coming of sometimes they've just come across as annoying though sometimes I, I'll I've checked Skype and there's just been some paragraph from some newbie affiliate that's just wanted some free advice and you know half the time I've just ignored it um, so I, I think that is very important if you're gonna get around people that are earning more than yourself I think it's very important to figure out how to do that strategically and in a way that is really meaningful I know that for example we have a conference coming up here I'm gonna be attending this conference IO contact IO conference by the time I release this audio, the conference is probably in session, and I'm going to be there in Denver. But I know at that conference, we're going to be making an effort to soar with eagles, whatever you want to call it. Just get around people that are earning more than yourself. We have a Thursday dinner with a client, again, a client who probably has about $150 million a year or so business. So I've been getting a lot of inspiration from our clients at this point point in the game is a lot of our clients in these different industries have been very high earners and there's a lot to learn from from them so it's not only about getting around people that are earning more than you but it's also getting around people that are like-minded and healthy people I mean not everybody who earns more than you is necessarily the best influence in your life I mean they might be rich but they might not actually have the best ethics or morals they might not be the the best um, influence so I recommend getting around people who are like-minded and get around healthy um, healthy people I mean for me and my brother even when we go to conferences we try to get around people that we feel like not only are going to bring us to the next level but are also good healthy influences so some other tips I have for this audio is that I really believe when you're hiring I think that you should hire quickly if you feel like it's the right fit I think some people make the mistake 
when hiring because they, they're looking for a certain position, they're looking for a certain role to get filled in their company. But then when they have the right person under their skin, they're kind of sitting on it. And I when I think back on almost every one of my hires, every hire has started with a decision that I wanted that position. So whether it was a media buyer, whether it was an accountant, whether it was a client success person, whether it was a salesperson, whether it was a um, just like a data analytical person, whatever the position is, it always has started with the desire to have the position. I mean, even right now, I'm keeping an eye out for an executive assistant position. I feel like I could personally use a CEO's assistant. We have a lot of different positions in the company. We have media buyers, we have an accounting team, we have salespeople, we have a whole team of people that handle client success, client relationships. But I think one thing that we're actually lacking in the business is just someone to actually assist um, myself, like a full-time executive assistant um, to the CEO, just to take some tasks off my plate and to help. So it's something that I'm actually starting to look into now. And I feel like every time I've hired, it's always been with a desire in mind. I've always had the position in mind. And then we've generally, well, how we've hired has been kind of interesting. I mean, so my brother and I have a very good reputation. So sometimes we just have to literally just do a little shout out like this and we can get a hire, um, which has been kind of interesting. But other ways we've hired too has been through referrals. How I got one of my strongest um, salespeople lately is I was at a conference in Las Vegas. I was at a bar with some clients that I work with and I just told them, I said, listen, I think I could use another salesperson. I have a couple salespeople, but I think we need some more firepower on the sales team. Do you know anybody who could be a good salesperson? And they said, you know what? As a matter of fact, I do have someone in mind. Let me call them and see if they're actually interested in in exploring it or a new position. They made a phone call right then and there on the spot. They called up this person and said, hey, I'm sitting down at the table with Peter Day. He says he's hiring for sales. What are your thoughts? Are you looking for something new? And lo and behold, this person was very open. At first, I was a little skeptical. I said, this seems a little too good to be true. I mean, I just asked these people for, I just told them I was looking for hiring. They had someone in mind. But then what I did was I ended up scheduling an interview with this salesperson. And the next week, we did an interview. And I'm like, man, this really seems like the right fit. And... Going back to what I said earlier, when you know that it's the right fit or it feels like the right fit, you don't need to do 15 or 20 interviews. What I did was I did a total of, probably did a total of three interviews. I did an introductory call that was more like a feeler kind of thing, like, you know, how serious are you looking at a position versus how serious are we considering this for you. It was kind of just this basic feeler call, but I was actually very positive after that call. I booked a second interview that was much, much deeper and detailed later that week. And then I would say by the end of the week, I was sold on this person. And I just told my team, I said, I think this is the right fit. We came up with a compensation plan and something that made sense and something that was exciting. And I would say within six days, I was presenting a full-blown compensation plan and putting an uh, an offer together to have this person join our team full-time on the sales team. So 
I just think that if you have a feeling that they're the right person and you're on interview two or three and there's no red flags and if there's no red flags, I would honestly just go for it because whenever I have not hired someone, there's always been some red flags. For example, I interviewed someone last week for the executive assistant position that I'm looking for at the moment. And you know what? I think for the first five minutes, I was thinking to myself, I think this could work. I think this could work. But then, you know what? About 10 minutes in, I just I just felt like it was not the right fit. I just, I can't explain it. It's a gut feeling. Um, I just felt like they just didn't have enough energy. They were too green to the industry. They really, they really didn't understand the industry that well at all because they were not in the industry. So, but through that experience, what I learned is that if you have any hesitations, maybe don't hire the person. So what I've personally learned in hiring is that if you have no hesitations or there's no bad feelings about it and it's just all positive, perhaps you want to actually jump on that quickly. On the flip side, if you have reservations and you're saying, you know what, I kind of like this person because they're smart, they're professional, but I don't like this person for this reason or this reason, or they're just a little dull. or that. For me, it just wasn't meshing because what I'm looking for with the executive assistant position is I'm really looking for someone to be there right by my side, doing things all day with me, different tasks, different responsibilities. And I need someone who's probably pretty young, energetic, and really passionate about the industry, what we do, really excited about the company vision. And when I was interviewing this person last week, I honestly felt like I was just interviewing a brick wall or something. There was no excitement. There was no passion. And I just ended up wrapping up the phone call earlier. And I kind of, you know, thanks, but no thanks kind of thing in a polite uh, way, you know, be in touch, think about it kind of thing, you know, interview done. So, it's just really important to use your instincts too when you're hiring. And also what's really important is that it's almost an intuition too. You want to have an intuition. If you sense that there's hesitancy on the other end, you should really try to probe into that hesitancy actually, because there was a scenario lately where I was going to have someone do some work in our business in a certain division. And it was all hunky dory for the first couple weeks, I was actually going to bring them on. We were about to sign contract. I was actually about to engage them in a specific task. And then I sensed that there was a little bit of hesitancy in their voice. And I reached out to them the next day. I just picked up on that hesitancy. And I reached out to them the next day. I said, hey, like, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think this position is for you? Like, just what are your thoughts here? And lo and behold, I learned that their thoughts was just totally different than what I thought they were. Like the position was not for them. It wasn't the right fit. They were not like ready to do it. There was different things. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy that I I questioned it. I'm, I'm really happy that I picked up on that hesitancy and I brought it up later and things like that. Because had I tried to force it, it probably could have been forced. I mean, we probably could have offered this person a lot of money or something and, you know, convinced them to do the task that we were trying to do. And we, it, we, I'm sure we could have forced it to happen and stuff. But what I realized is I'm just really happy that 
that I picked up on that hesitancy that I questioned the next day. And we were able to figure out in just the first two weeks of the business relationship that it just wasn't a good fit. And what would have been worse is if we had started actually working together and found that out in the first six months or four months that it wasn't a great fit. So another tip is just to not only use your gut feeling, but try to be really emotionally sensitive to the other person's responses. Let's say you're looking for a team member and someone to partake in some aspect of your business, whether it's a hire or a business partner, whatever it is. And if you sense hesitancy in their voice, if you, I mean, these things could be red flags and you really want people in your company that are all in. I mean, that's a motto that we have in our business. If if, if someone's not all in, they're not going to be in at all. They're, we're just not going to get anyone that's not all in because the way we look at it is we have a culture in our company where everybody is all in. The media buyers are all in. The salespeople are all in. Everyone doing everything is all in. They're all, they're excited. They're passionate. They're fired up. Everyone wakes up in the morning excited. People are working late at night excited. I mean, literally some of our salespeople are up at midnight sending out prospecting emails and you know, hunting down new clients, excited and stuff. And we just don't want anyone dragging down that culture. And I think that culture is very important. So to review, some tips here is intuition, hire fast when you know it's the right person. If there's any red flags, pass on it. And what I also recommend doing when you're getting into the the team building game is start your compensation plans more conservatively. I feel like I made mistakes along the way by starting the compensation too high. I mean, thankfully, people on my team were forgiving, but there was multiple times where I just honestly laid out something that was too lucrative at the time. I mean, I did it about two or three years ago. So for us, I feel like we've always geared towards the generous side of things but sometimes it's been just too generous to the point where it actually hasn't been the the best decision for the actual company right so it was about two or three years ago we brought on a salesperson and i just offered i just offered a commission that was just way too high i think i offered to pay them like 20 percent of all the net profit that was coming in through their book of business but then i realized that is actually so much money because that 20% didn't account for any other expenses in the business. That 20% didn't account for after-tax money. It didn't account for operation costs. It didn't account for all the other employees. It was just literally 20%, just like straight off of their um, top-line profit. So even though I was offering 20%, when you actually factor in all those other expenses that the business had, like having to pay taxes other salespeople, customer success people, media buyers, the list goes on. When you actually factor in all of those other expenses, this person getting 20% of just the, you know, the booked profit on their book of business, it was probably literally equivalent, equivalent to just giving the salesperson practically 35 to 40% or more of all of the, the net profit that was actually coming in through the stuff they were landing. And what I realized, it was just not actually the most beneficial thing for the company because the company was paying out so much money in these commissions that it was actually hindering growth in other directions. So I think that 
it's important that everyone within a company sees the bigger vision. Like it actually doesn't make sense to pay someone that much because if you're paying someone that much, then it, there's not actually as much capital in order to grow or hire another person or take on this venture because there's so much capital being used towards something that's just way too high. So that's just a scenario when I started too high on the compensation chain. So what I recommend moving forward and what I really recommend you guys do in this audio, if you're hiring and building your business in that way, I would highly recommend starting the compensation conservatively. And you could always tell the person that there's always room to grow. And that's a new philosophy that we have now is we're going to start conservatively and we're going to say, listen, we're going to start here. But if you do well and if you hit these goals and if you exceed expectations, that compensation plan is just a start. You could get promoted to this level. You can get increased to this level. You can get this kind of commission, this kind of bonus. I, If I were to do it all over again, I would have started conservatively and I would have worked my way up and I would have bonused people. And I think what's also important is to bonus people in a very quick manner if they're good. We brought on a new salesperson in the last two or three months and in a short period of time of just three months, we've already given them um, their first pay raise. So just recognizing that talent and, and being willing to to bonus quickly. Bonus quickly and then also build up your team. If you feel like any one on your team is lagging, what you have to do is you have to either fix it or get rid of it possibly. So for example, there is a particular team member on our team. I'm not going to obviously name who it is or what department, but there is someone that I have in mind on our team that I feel like could be doing better. The decision we're going to make is we're going to really build up this person. We're going to train them more. We're going to invest time into them. We actually have a call tomorrow. That's like an hour and a half training call. We're going to train this person to do additional tasks and more tasks. So it's important to always be bringing your team up to the next level because we could take the lazy approach of saying, okay, yeah, the person's okay. They do an okay job. And, you know, but it still costs money. I mean, this particular team member that I have in mind is a $4,000 to $5,000 a month commitment, which annualizes out to about fifty to $55,000 a year. And even at that salary, sure, it's not millions, but you still want to get the most out of um, out of that. You know, you want your team to be the absolute best. That, and that's the way I look at it, is if you're employing someone, you want them to be the best they possibly can. And maybe they're not the best when they start with you, but as you build and develop and train them, they can be better and better and better um, over time. So building and developing your team and just not, not allowing your team to be, you know, status quo. You, you want your team to be all amazing superstars. And if you sense that anyone is kind of average or anyone is okay, you have to make a decision. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to essentially fire them and replace them? Or are you going to improve it? And a lot of times, if you feel like you did get the right person from the start and that person is in it for the long haul, it's usually, for me, been the right decision to fix it and train and build up that person. There's someone that I have in mind as well in the business that actually had a huge turnaround in our company. I, I hired someone about, how long? It was about nine months ago. And 
I I really felt like at first I made the wrong decision. I I it's like the I was excited about the person, the interview went well, I was really optimistic about it. But then they started working and they were just really lazy to be completely honest. They were just trying to clock out early. They were just like always an excuse to not be working. It was like, hey, something came up. I'm not going to be free from 12 to noon. Hey, something came up. I'm going to have to end work early. Like there was literally, I felt personally, like they were always just looking for an excuse to just clock out early or to just wrap up work early or to not be, they were literally looking for excuses not to, to work and stuff. So I personally thought that I made a mistake and I was a little disappointed about it because I spent a lot of time training the person. I had great interviews. I was super optimistic in the interview process. But then when we actually hired the person, I realized that it was kind of lazy. So what I did was an interesting tactic. I didn't even expect it to work, but it ended up working. I basically had a heart-to-heart conversation with this person. I said, listen, I'm going to be honest. I just feel like you've been a little bit lazy. You know, it's like you haven't been going above and beyond. I just told the person that they've been they've been just trying to finish the day at like 4 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. Like there's just always been an excuse to just, to just like not be working. And I just told this person, I said, I have to be honest. I said, I'm going to give you a timeline. And this was back in like February earlier this year. I said to this person, I'm going to give you a timeline. I said, if you don't have your act together by May 1st, we're going to fire you. I was just like basically completely straight up with this person. I said, I'm going to give you about two or three months and I don't care what it takes. You're either going to get your act together and you're going to be a super productive person in our company or we're going to fire you. And I said, I said what I'm, and I literally marked down in my calendar. I, I'm not joking. I, I took out my calendar and I, I marked down in my calendar, May 1st, hire, I, what did I put? I put May 1st, question mark, fire or keep the, the employee. Literally, I put a reminder on my calendar for May 1st. And this person was a little um, younger too. I mean, so I feel like obviously maybe I, I really like hiring younger people these days. I'm not going to lie. I, I like it. I think that hiring people that are up and coming are very, um, they're, it, it's good. It's like the teachable. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I think that we might gravitate towards hiring a lot more um, younger, younger people because also you can train someone young who's never been in the industry before to do it the right way and the best way and not to have bad habits. The issue with some people that are in our industry already is if they've been in our industry for 10 or 20 years, they might just literally have so many bad habits ingrained. They might have worked for a company for the last 10 years that is just lazy or something. And then it might be really, really difficult or almost impossible to break some bad habits. I mean, think about it. Uh, think about affiliate managers in our industry. So many affiliate managers, they literally just sit behind the computer all day. And a lot of them just do like almost absolutely nothing all day. And their boss doesn't really know they're doing nothing because it's work from home. And they just, it's, it's terrible. Like some affiliate managers are so lazy. Not to say that 
we don't even have affiliate manager. All our all of our traffic has been internally produced, but sometimes we've been working, we've been sending traffic to affiliate networks, and I just know some of these people are so lazy. I have this one affiliate manager, and I, I literally don't even know if this guy works even more than three hours a day. But um, what's been good about up and coming is that if they've never been in the industry before and they're teachable, you can teach them the the superstar way from the get-go. And that's been a really key secret to our success is to take people that have never been in the industry, train them, and, and to get them to do it the way that we want them to do it without having any bad habits or without knowing like a lazy way of doing things. So going back to the story with this person, I gave them the ultimatum in a sense. If you don't get the act together by May 1st, you're going to be higher, you're going to be kept, or you're going to be fired. And I'm not going to drag it out anymore. It's just, it's. It, I had this conversation in February. I said, listen, you got a lot of time too, February, March, April, May. I'm giving you basically three or four months to get your act together. I said, I do not care what it takes. I said, get on, I said, you need to like get motivated. The, the issue is it was this laziness. They were just trying to stop working. Um, they were trying to clock out at four and they were just trying to just, and then it was just annoying. It was laziness. It was like, it, it was what I hate really. And I was frustrated because I thought this person was good in the interview. I was upset that I ended up hiring, you know, what could be a lazy person. So what I told them is I said, and by the way, when I had this conversation, they really did take the conversation seriously because they really, you know, like like they liked our company like like they liked the opportunity they they didn't want to be fired in May so what i told them was i said listen you just need to figure out how to get your act together i said the issue is is a motivation thing like if you're just if you just want to stop working at 4 in the afternoon and you're just finding every excuse to get off the computer you have some kind of overarching motivation issue you got to figure out how to get yourself motivated you need to get disciplined you need to figure out what your ambitions are your goals i mean you have a lot of personal development to do so what I told this young college student, because at the time he was in college, probably 21 years old and in college, I just told him, I said, listen, you need to get your act together. And if that means you have to listen to those um, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins kind of stuff, whatever you got to do, I just told him, I don't care what it takes. Just listen to those personal development things for like six hours a day. Just go on YouTube and just listen to the Tony Robbins kind of stuff, the the Jim Rohn, the Zig Ziglar, the sales training, the Danny Johnson, um, just whatever you got to do, just just immerse yourself in personal development stuff and just literally sit there for like six hours a day just listening to these motivational speakers and all this stuff. And you know what was incredible? I didn't even expect it to really work. I thought I was just being nice and I thought I was just really giving this person about three or four months to end up just failing at the request and getting fired anyway. But I was absolutely amazed. This person's entire personality started to change. Literally, within about three weeks... They started hitting me up saying, hey, I read this book. So I recommended that they read this book. It was, um, it was this book by Tillman Fertitta, I believe is the name, the guy that owns the Bubba Shrimp Company and the, the billionaire. 
guy, I had him read this book, Shut Up and Listen, and he actually read the book, and he read it in a day, and he was just starting to consume all of this stuff. He started reading all these books and audio books and personal development, and this guy's entire personality basically completely changed in like three or four weeks, and instead of clocking out early, he was staying up late, and instead of, and then it was it was incredible and then i remember there was this one time i knew i was going to keep him when this happened so basically i told him i said cuz he was doing a little bit of a business development role too i said can you please get us some more clients for solar or whatever it was right i said can you please get us some more clients for solar i said could you get us one or two more clients for solar he writes back Sir, I'll get you four or five clients for solar. And I was like, dude, this guy is an absolute rock star now. He literally went from this employee that I was like so mad at that I wanted to fire to like one of the like hardest working ones on the team. And it was it was the craziest unexpected turnaround I've ever witnessed. And this guy still works with us today. I think he's actually gotten now a pay raise, higher salary, full-time, still works with us today. And it's just it's just absolutely incredible. So this is just a lesson that if you have someone on your team that has the potential, I saw the potential in this guy. Young, up and coming, really teachable. He asked the right questions. But he just didn't have his motivation and his discipline together. He was probably, you know, messing around in college, partying, you know, distracted, doing different things. He just didn't really have his professional life together. And what's incredible is just that that extra attention, you know, and it just basically turned him into a completely different person. So to summarize this audio, we talked about a lot of different things, but get around people that are earning more than yourself. Again, I'm trying to figure out how to do that in my life. And I don't say that in a cocky way. I'm just trying to literally figure out how I can get around people who operate $100 million a year businesses, $200 million a year businesses. It'd be nice to get around even some people that operate like a three to $500 million a year business to really understand what they're doing in their business. How do they think? How many employees do they have? How do they operate? And I, I really believe genuinely that doing that will bring my business and our optimized to convert business to the next level. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this audio. I'll see some of you at this Denver conference and stay tuned for next week's podcast. This is Peter and we'll talk soon.